From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrin. Hey, thanks for inviting me into your home, long-haul truck, RV camper, taxi, your loft, your parents' basement, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. Hi to all of you listening in on one of our affiliate stations across North America, those of you who listen and watch this radio program on the Conspiracy Show YouTube channel. And I think, Albert, we may have past or at least we're scratching at the door of 10,000 subscribers, which is a, a nice thing to have achieved. So thank you. If you haven't already done so, please hit the red sub button. But 10,000, that's a nice horizon. Hello to all of you listening via the app. Of course, it's a free download, by the way, the Conspiracy Show app, free, fabulous radio app. However, and wherever you're listening, I bid thee the warmest of welcomes, and I thank you for your fine company. Also, a reminder... Check out my podcasts, Conspiracy Unlimited. We just passed the one million unique downloads. The one millionth unique downloads, which is pretty exciting. It just keeps growing and growing and growing. Conspiracy Unlimited. It drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can listen and subscribe at conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com. And if you love rock and roll and uh, mysteries, check out my other podcast, The Rock and Roll Twilight Zone. New episodes drop Wednesdays. Uh, the Rock and Roll Twilight Zone is part of the Jericho Network. Just Google it, the Rock and Roll Twilight Zone, or you can go to my website, strangeplanet.ca, and find the podcasts in the top menu bar, strangeplanet.ca. And Blake Tracy to discuss the connections between certain prescribed psychiatric drugs and painkillers, mass shootings, and also suicide. One of the survivors of the Columbine shooting, uh, Mark, who sustained tremendous... Uh, I can't believe anyone would survive being shot between 7 and 13 times. However, he survived, sued the drug company, won. What happened to him after that? Well, he didn't sue the drug company and win. Oh, okay. They talked him into settling by making him think he was going to go to jail if he didn't settle. What? And um, his attorney was apparently in on that because he was the one that convinced him of it. It's a long story. But anyway, <laughs> they talked him into accepting a $10,000 donation to a charity of his choice. That was the settlement. Oh, dear Lord. I know. I mean, he called me as soon as he got out of there, and this was a surprise meeting. The Denver Post reporter stood outside during the whole thing. I talked to him for a little while. He said, I can't believe this. And I said, neither can I. <laughs> I tried to talk to the attorney in the middle of it, telling him that it was totally illegal, that Mark had just barely turned 21, but he laid for an hour and a half bleeding to death in front of Columbine. I said that's a lot of brain damage because that's a lot of oxygen loss to the brain with that much bleeding. So I said he is not legally 21 years of age, but he didn't listen. Anyway, Mark was taken in on trumped-up charges trying to say that he, he was always going to border books because he wrote a book about what happened to him called I asked, God answered, because he was praying the whole time that he would be able to see his family again and survive. But anyway, 
he um, went in to check on his book all the time that he had written to see how many had sold and got accused of threatening to blow the place up. So they stuck him in a psych ward. Even the head of that psychiatric facility caught the mother at church and said, get him out of Colorado. They're trying to kill him with these drugs. Mm. I was able to get him out. She did that, but what she didn't tell me is that they had not given him any of the drugs they had put him on to wean off. So he went cold turkey. She thought he was having a seizure and ran him into an emergency room. They took one look at his records, saw the psychiatric history, and said, no, it's psychiatric. They've had him ever since. So they've been drugging him for 10 years with the drugs that he was testifying against for years. He's in a psychiatric institution? No, he's in a group home at this point. Ah. On 10 medications. Oh, my Lord. Have you had any contact with him? Yes. Does he know yeah, who I you are at this say. point, or is he is he sort of out of it? No, he does. He does know who I am. He's holding it. There's a lot of people praying for him, but it's just, it's criminal. It's obvious. Just It was just to shut him up. This is uh, Mark Taylor, the author of I Asked, God Answered, A Columbine Miracle. Yes. Just 16 at the time, and... Uh, shot up to 13 times and survived. Settle out of court with a drug company. Boy, they call him. Oh, my Lord. Uh, let's uh, take a phone call. And um, Charlene is here in Toronto. Charlene, uh, good morning. Welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Hi. Hi there. Hello. Hi. I have a question. You were talking earlier about Robin Williams' suicide. Um, right. Around the time when he died four years ago, I did start thinking, well, he probably committed suicide because of some sort of medication that he was taking. So you were saying that he did. That was the cause of the suicide was uh, some sort of medication he was taking. Yeah, she did mention yeah. it earlier, but uh, you're, um, what was the drug again, Anne? Remeron and Seroquel. He was on two of them. And how is that uh, making him want to do that? It causes a sleep disorder called a REM sleep disorder. Yes. Where yes. you do not have paralysis while you're asleep, and you can get up and act out whatever you're dreaming. Um, like, for instance, I had a little neighbor girl who got put on these drugs, and I said, Amber, if anybody should know better, you should. You have heard me. She used to give me a bad time about never getting off the phone, always being there trying to help somebody. I said, you know what these people are going through. Why would you do this? And I said, it's your choice, but if you reach a point where you start having really vivid nightmares, you get hold of me. She said, oh, I already am. I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, just the other night I was dreaming that my cat was crawling all around the very edge of my bed. But she said, I woke up and it was me. <laughs> hmm. I said, Amber, here's the CD on how you come off of these drugs safely. Follow it closely. She's doing great now, married, has her own family. But that was scary. And that's the kind of thing is 
and Robin's worst nightmare was that last movie he had done where the young man goes into the closet and hangs himself. Yeah, I that, saw that really upset him. Yeah, I saw that movie. Um, now, did his, I don't know if you know this, but did his family sue the drug company? No, his wife does not know this yet. Um, one thing I'm going to work on. Anyway, she she attributed it to Louis Bodies. Yes. Yes. Because Louis Bodies also produces that REM sleep disorder. And I, at this point, am almost totally convinced that the drugs are causing Louis Bodies. Because oh. Louis Bodies is a cluster of proteins, and these drugs are very highly protein binding. Well, why was he 98%. Sorry, why was he taking these medications if he didn't have this disorder, Louis body disorder or whatever? Why was he uh, taking those drugs, Ann? Do we know? Yeah. He had, Robin had a long history of depression. Yes, he did. So he had taken antidepressants in the past as well. Um, and if you've heard enough of the show, you know that when you take antidepressants and they increase serotonin, it actually produces depression. And they also drop your blood sugar drastically. And when they do that, when your blood sugar drops, you lose brain cells immediately which is one reason why you get depressed. <laughs> so, And a lot of depression before these drugs ever hit the market was caused by low blood sugar. The blood sugar dropping, the brain saying, hey, help, I'm in trouble here. And instead of taking care of the blood sugar, they were just thrown a drug. Charlene, thanks for the call. I appreciate that. Uh, was what, one thing I need you to help me understand, Anne, and we'll be heading into a break, but we'll we'll start it now, and 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 after the break, you can continue to discuss this. But I mean, in 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 many of these mass shootings, there there seems to be, you know, long term planning. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's not a spontaneous kind of a lashing out. How is that? There's that music, so we'll 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 get to this after the break. Okay. But I, I'd like to know how does this happen that. That if if someone is having this episode and yet they are able to almost rationally and carefully plan out these heinous acts, we'll get to that. Aunt Blake Tracy, drugawareness.org, the website, the book, Prozac, Panacea or Pandora. Back with more in a moment. The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. The truth is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And Blake Tracy with us. She is the executive director of the International Coalition for Drug Awareness. And uh, she has, since 1992, testified as an expert witness in Prozac and other SSRI-related court cases around the world. Again, some of the more high-profile cases she has worked on uh, includes the murder-suicide of comedian Phil Hartman and his wife Bryn, which we talked about earlier, of course, the Columbine. Um, and Red Lake shootings, school shootings. Andrea Yates, the Texas mother who drowned her five children. Um, Anna Nicole Smith's son, Daniel, uh, his death. Uh, we were talking b- before the break. I was asking you about in these mass shootings, there seems to be a great deal of planning. 
and and um, almost you know rational well not rational but but presence of mind here uh, it's not kind of a spur of the moment like a lashing out uh, I mean is that how does that play into someone's you know brain that when they're awash in serotonin like for example the suicide seems Very to be easy. far more spontaneous the suicide seems to be more spontaneous but these mass shootings sometimes they are weeks in planning okay um, Eric Harris had had the same dream about shooting up Columbine several times before he ever did it but and the vivid dreams that I talk about, I know, play a part of it. But the description of the side effect of homicidal ideation or suicidal ideation, what that means is basically a compulsion to kill. It is constant ruminating thoughts of killing and various methods of killing. So these run through their mind over and over and over again to where they can hardly think of anything else. And in working with patients for almost 30 years now, I found that what happens is they will fight that urge to kill. So it looks as if, you know, and then it will abate for a period of time, and then it'll come back and hit them again, depending on the toxicity in their brain. And they will fight it off again. So it actually looks like they're planning this when, in fact, they're doing everything they can to fight it off until they finally can no longer fight those toxic effects and follow through. Ah. That is, uh, that's fascinating. Um, it's horrible. It is horrible. In fact, but on, on the website where I mentioned that there's the little round black circles yes. with different subjects, the last one there, I think there's six altogether, the last one is titled, Why I Took a Gun to School. And this is another 16-year-old boy who did this. And he explains exactly what happened to him. It's only 10 to 15 minutes long, and it's excellent. The whole world should hear him explain this. He became very close friends with Mark as well. Mark Taylor. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, speaking so here's of- a school shooter and a kid that was shot that understood it enough and were crying to the world to please stop drugging your kids. Uh, questions and comments for Ann Blake Tracy, 416-360-0740 in the greater Toronto area. Again, 416-360-0740, toll free from out of town, 1-866-744-740, uh, Speaking of uh, Columbine again, because you mentioned Mark Taylor, uh, did either Klebold or Harris, did they, did they call out for help? Did they, in advance, yes. did they say, I'm having these compulsions to kill? Oh, yes. Um, Eric was on Zoloft for six weeks and told everyone, you know, there's, there's something wrong here because 
you know, I'm having thoughts of killing people. And it really scared him. And so what did the doctors do? They took him off Zoloft and put him on Luvox. I mean, do these idiots think that if they spell the name of a drug differently, it's going to work differently? Right, right. They're both SSRIs. They're doing the same thing. So I am sure Eric, just a kid, thought, well, maybe it wasn't the drug. It's, it must be me. There's something wrong with my brain. And, and was afraid to say anything else after that. I don't know. And what about Eric Harris? You mean Dylan? I'm sorry, Dylan, yes. That was Eric. Okay. With Dylan, we don't know as much because his parents had all of his records sealed, which is absolutely unbelievable to me that anybody would ever allow that to happen Mm -hmm. in a mass murder. But one of his friends approached Mark Taylor's mother and told her that she had been helping Dylan to come off both Zoloft and Paxil. She was trying to do it on her own. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. Yeah. I mean, that, just about everybody's left on their own because doctors generally don't have a clue how to get anybody off these drugs. They know how to get them on them, but they don't know how to safely get them off. Well, let's talk about that. I mean, you have a, a DVD, I believe, or a CD. How How, how do you do it? Yeah, I do have a CD that goes for an hour and a half explaining how and why and what's going on. But you have to go very, very slowly because of the strong steroid effect the drugs produce. One single 30-milligram dose of Prozac will double your cortisol level. Just one dose. In fact, I called an endocrinologist one day and I said, can you tell me how long the human body can tolerate having the cortisol level doubled on a daily basis? He said, oh, my gosh, you can't do that to someone. I said, if you could, how long would you think the body could possibly handle that? He said, gosh, a month, maybe two, three at the most. And he said, why are you asking me this? And I said, well, that's what one 30-milligram dose of Prozac does. He goes, oh, no, 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 no. Prozac's a wonderful drug. I had to tell him where the study was so he could go find it because he had never heard it. Here he is, an endocrinologist who should know something that significant. I mean, that's like taking a huge shot of of um, cortisone. And the reason he didn't know is because Lily, when they did that study, did it in Italy. So they wouldn't have to report it in the U.S. How did this get by the FDA? Money. <laughs> hmm. I'm blunt. It had to be. And I, I sat through, I have been to every one of the hearings that they have had on these drugs. The first hearing, they had all the doctors who sat on the board sign a waiver saying that they would not allow any financial interest they had to interfere with their decision that day. Every one of them had a financial interest. 
one of them, up to $32 million. So what do you think they came back with? Mm-hmm. Rubber stamp. Mm-hmm. And where do everyone at the FDA go for a job after they leave the FDA? Exactly. Back to the pharmaceuticals. It's the revolving door, isn't it? Yep. That's a problem. They That's a huge want problem. to screw up their job waiting for them. I mean, this is a problem not only at the FDA, but, uh, uh, you know, even uh, the agriculture department, everywhere, everywhere. Everywhere. I know. It's, it's just sickening. How did you, how did you I don't find understand out, it. How did you learn? <laughs> what is your background? How did you learn so much about this? Uh, I read every piece of research I could find for four years straight. I mean, 14, 16 hours a day, I had to know what these drugs were doing. And the more I read, the more concerned I became. And I was just literally obsessed in knowing what was going on because I could see that it was spreading like crazy. And the more I would learn, I'd say, oh, my gosh, people have got to wake up to this before we have this. And here we are in the middle of this now. I don't know how to stop it other than try to get the word out to as many people as possible. We are surrounded by this stuff. They just had a threat at my grandchildren's school. Someone with a gun? It's just so frightening. This stuff is just, it's literally surrounded us where it's coming through everybody's back door. And that's exactly what a pharmacist said when she testified to the FDA in the very first hearing. She was still crying because she had attempted suicide on Prozac. Her husband, she kept trying to warn him. He, both of them pharmacists, had their own pharmacy. She kept saying, you've got to get off of this drug. He kept saying, I'm doing fine, until he walked in while the, her and the children were watching TV one day. And shot himself in oh, front of them. Gosh. She said, This is not a medication. This is a drug. We have removed it from our shelves. We will not sell it. What you are doing is terrible. And she said, The day will come that every family in this country will be affected. She's right. What do we know about the Parkland shooter? We know that he was adopted, number one, and and I know a whole lot of young moms that gave up their babies because they were on these drugs when they became pregnant. So their chances are he could have been exposed in the womb because he was given up for adoption. Um, we know that he began to be medicated quite early in life. They diagnosed him as autistic. And according to the judge, he was being treated for ADHD and depression. I'm trying to think what else. But we know he was on at least two drugs for quite some time. His mother died just a month. Was it just a month before? two months before the shooting. And I would imagine somebody increased his dose. I mean, he suddenly lost his mom. 
Right. She died of pneumonia, I believe. Right, yes. So it was rather sudden. Um, so I'm sure that he, that the dose was adjusted. And Eric's was as well. His dose was doubled just two months before the shooting. Uh, James Holmes, the Aurora theater right. shooting. On Zoloft. He was on Zoloft. Yes. I, I look at... I look at his face in court and those mm-hmm. eyes. Um, like a deer in the headlight. Absolutely, a deer in the headlight. And, and, and I did what? Exactly, yes. Yes, and I don't think anybody else saw what I saw. I saw a tweet that came in from the officer who first found him and arrested him. And he said... I have never seen so much sweat pour off of a human body. I went, bingo. That's serotonin syndrome. It's one of your first signs of very high levels of serotonin. All right, Anne, we'll take another time. I'll come back and uh, continue to discuss the connection between mass shootings and psychiatric prescribed drugs right here on The Conspiracy Show. Exploring theories, uncovering facts, and offering a different view of the universe. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett and Blake Tracy, Executive Director of the International Coalition for Drug Awareness, and the book is Prozac, Panacea or Pandora. Uh, what edition is it in now, Anne? It's the third. Third edition. All right, and that's and available. And the subtitle is Our Serotonin Nightmare. Our Serotonin Nightmare. All right, I have a, we'll go to the phones here in a minute, but I also have an email uh, from Avril, or Avril. Hi, Richard, could you please ask your guest to comment on the fact that doctors and hospitals are giving many seniors antipsychotic mm. and antidepressant drugs. They give this for depression or any behavioral issues, including patients with dementia. Dementia patients can have severe, uh, I think she means hearing issues, when taking these meds. Can your guest right. address these issues and... Are there more senior suicides than are being reported? Thanks. Go ahead, Anne. I agree. Mm -hmm. I just watched them kill my friend's mother, but I did everything I could to hurry and try to open a nursing home where it was medication-free before she died, but... Unfortunately, my friend's brothers and sisters put her in the nursing home, wouldn't listen, let them give her antidepressants, and she very quickly started having all the reactions and ended up dead before I could do anything. She started, they gave her Celexa, she started having the heart problems. Her throat started closing. The main function of serotonin is constriction of muscle tissue. So you end up with the veins and the arteries. Uh, It's a vasoconstrictor. So they constrict. Your bronchial tubes constrict. So you start having lung problems as well, breathing problems. Uh, In the very beginning, I kept saying, boy, I wish I had money to invest in CPAP machines because everyone on an antidepressant seems to end up on them. Uh, So it just causes so many problems. And here you've got 
the elderly, the organs are beginning to gradually shut down. So, of course, they can't handle the drug the way someone who is younger and healthy can. So, of course, it hits them hard and fast. And it is just sad to see what's happening. And my friend said all of the people in there were drugged. And that was one reason her mother became depressed when she got in there. I mean, it's depressing enough knowing you're going into one of those places. The poor woman said, maybe if I did more dishes, I wouldn't have to go. Oh, that's so sad. I just, that broke my heart. This was the sweetest lady. So full of life and used all kinds of natural things to keep herself healthy. They refused to let her use anything natural, including just carrot juice, occasionally. Are you getting through to any of the the, the medical doctors, any any of the psychiatrists? Are they starting to come around? Any of them? Oh, a handful, sure. Yeah, there there are a few that know enough to pay attention, but I'm hearing over and over. The first time I heard it is when. A Russian camera crew came to America to do a documentary with me. That was in 2007. They had me give a lecture, and there were a couple of psychiatric nurses that came, and one stood up afterwards and she said, everything you said here tonight is true. I know because I'm on Lexapro, and I've had every one of those side effects. And then she explained that she was a psych nurse, and she said, but you don't know what's going on out here. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, 75% of the doctors and nurses I work with are on these drugs. 75%? Yeah, you should have seen all the cameras in the room whirl as fast as they could onto her. (laughs) They wanted that recorded. But... um. She said, yes, the drug reps are coming in and saying to everyone, look, you're in a very stressful profession. You know that the stress is going to cause depression. By the way, they test stress and depression by checking cortisol levels. And what did I say these drugs Uh, do? Right. They elevate cortisol levels. They elevate cortisol So anyway, that was the story that they were using to get them to start taking antidepressants early so that they wouldn't be hit by the depression that would come from the stress. Oh, so now they're they're saying take it as a preventative. Exactly. Even if you're not depressed. And I just said, you mean to tell me that they fell for that old sales line? She said, I guess so. So if 75% of doctors and nurses are taking these how can we possibly expect them to stop prescribing them to the rest of us? All right, exactly. we'll, uh, we'll take a time out, and when we come back, we'll go to the calls. Uh, G. Robert, I don't want to use your, your last name, Robert, even though you've provided it. He's uh, waiting on the line in New York, and we'll get to your call and others. The Conspiracy Show continues right after this. Shaking the world and seeing what falls. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. From Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. All right, let's go to the phones. G. Robert is in New York for Ann Blake Tracy. Hello, G. Robert. 
Good morning. Hello, sir. I, I uh, am a disabled veteran. I'm 73 years old. Mm. I was killed in 1966 on board ship, and I went to the hospitals, and they air-evacued me back to the States over a period of time. I was in a coma for 10 weeks. Then I was unconscious, and, and, and that, you know the story. And I was put out of the Navy in August of uh, April of 1966, and the next day they shipped me to another ship. I was on a nuclear submarine. And I told the corpsman, I said, well, they put me out yesterday. He said, I don't know about that. You're going to Charleston. Well, in the next two and a half years, I put three three enlisted, three officers down. I was up for court-martial. I was never court-martialed. I got out with a hangover in my head. I had uh, problems with, you know, needing help, and I, 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 did, I wasn't seeking help. Even though I needed it, I knew I needed it, but I, I was afraid of it. I was so, so finally I got into the VA system and Uh-oh. they started putting me on drugs and they, and, and they were making me feel funny. I wouldn't take them. I, and, and my son, he, he called me about 2000, I don't know, say 2000. And he says, well, what is that? I said, I'm having a lot of drugs. And I said, I, I don't take them. He said, well, what are they? And I says, well, the two that I've got now is Alpozlam and the Clofenec. And he got on the computer. He's he's intelligent. I have a 220 IQ, and I was 14, and I'm stupid now. And he mm-hmm. says, well, one, that, that's uh, it's, it's Xanax. It's, you don't want to take that. And I says, I didn't know what it was, but it would make me feel right. funny, so I haven't been taking it. Well, you come up to about last year, a year ago, and the woman, the nurse, I, I mean, I have another doctor now, and she was talking to me. And she is a foreign, and, and she has accents and stuff, and she got mad at me about something. And she says, you do those tulemetic drugs. And I says, well, let me tell you something, lady. I says, you start screwing with me. And I says, I'll go public, and I will tell, I will go to the newspaper, and I'll tell them what the hell is going on. And <laughs> a week later, I got my drug shipment, which is right now, it's Pravastatin. Um, I have it for cholesterol. For high blood pressure, I have uh, meclizine for vertigo, aspirin, and a couple other things. And and I take the cholesterol, the uh, the stuff for cholesterol, and I take the Uh-oh. pravastatin, and I and I take the the pravastatin one and the other one for one is a hydro something for blood pressure and one's for cholesterol. But do you have anything? Are, are you taking anything that with serotonin in it though, Robert? Huh? Are you taking anything that has serotonin? I don't take I don't take I don't take anything now with serotonin. But you were for a while. I I assume I was. I mean, I we're talking from '66 to 2000 when I found out about the 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 uh, the uh, prose lamb and the clofenac, the one that was bad for me. My right. son said it was a it was a right. fake drug. I quit the taking VA them all. The I don't take only what I told you now. Uh, and the VA you, drugs people like nobody else. Well, I, these guys come out on twenty drugs. They're having guys just die in their sleep because they're on so many meds. Mm-hmm. It's really bad. Well, the number of suicides it was it was a it was one a day uh, mm-hmm. last I checked with with veterans and and it wasn't twenty two a day. Twenty two a day. My word. Who knows how many now? 
22 a day. That's right. They just, they dole these drugs out like crazy. It, what do they, what do they generally prescribe for post-traumatic distress syndrome? And thank you for the call, G. Robert. Um, Antidepressants. They do. Yeah. And what's crazy is the drugs cause PTSD. So we've got a lot of people that didn't even go to battle and have PTSD. Is that right? Because they put them on these. <laughs> How did you determine that, that there, there are people that didn't go to battle that are suffering from uh, it's PTSD? It's been reported. It has. Yeah. Yeah, they've got stats showing that. My gosh, so, you would think someone would be able to connect these dots. It seems so obvious. I know. It takes... If I sit down and talk to somebody for about five minutes, it's that simple. I mean, I've had a 10-year-old kid pick up my book at a conference and in two days read, oh, how much had she read already, a third of it? And come to me and say, why are these drugs on the market? <laughs> she had lost both of her parents to the drugs, oh, by the way. God. That was her main motivation in learning more. But... To her, it was just obvious that it was crazy for us to be using these things. Are these are these side effects listed uh, anywhere in the literature? Not all of them. Did they list homicidal and suicidal tendencies? Yes, and not all of them list the homicidal yet. But if you know enough to know how to read through them, and you gather, what they'll do is they'll water down the side effects. So like they'll talk about insomnia or they do list nightmares, you know, but they don't put it all together and say, by the way, this is a REM sleep disorder. All right. Let's uh, say hi to Irene in Mississauga. Irene, good morning. Welcome to The Conspiracy Show. What I like to inquire about is, since 1993, I'm taking Zoloft, and uh, all the doctors I going to, they said I cannot get off from that pill. I have to take it till I live. Mm-hmm. And you know why they tell people that? No. Because they don't know how to get you off. I see. That How makes me I so mad off? when they tell people that. But, yeah, since 93 is sure a long time. How old yeah. are you, Irene, if I may ask? Pardon me? If I may ask, how old are you? I am 77. 77. And, yeah. is it and I had a car accident. Oh, and, uh, no. <coughs> and are you taking it for depression? Yes, I take it for depression. Mm -hmm. And they gave it to you after the car accident? No. My no. system gave up on me. I lost my short memory. Yes. And uh, I was crying all the time. And uh, that is the time when they gave me Prozac first, which I couldn't take it. And then... I took Zoloft, and that was better. Hmm. 
I can function with Zoroast, but I, every day I have pain. Yeah. And I cannot sleep. Yeah. Insomnia and fibromyalgia are two yes, of the most I have common fibromyalgia. Yeah. Fibromyalgia is common, uh, did you say, Anne, with, with people yes. who take serotonin? And is that because and of the so asthma? Because it constricts the muscles. Right. Uh, can I, uh, get, can I switch over to CBD, cannabis? Um, a lot of people are using the CBD oil yes. to wean off of the drugs. But with that many years on the drug, it would take you several years to wean off safely, even using the CBD oil. Yes. Um, there is, we have a bunch of Facebook groups. We do have one called Zoloft Should Be Illegal and Prozac Should Be Illegal and Paxil Should Be Illegal. All of those are Facebook groups that we have. And um, there is a young lady in there that helps with these, and she was on them for 21 years and was able to wean off. So she's very, very helpful. You might want to go into one of those Facebook groups and ask her some of those questions. But... I would be very, very careful and take a very long time to wean off as you switch over to the CBD oil. But uh, CBD oil does help in the withdrawal. Irene, thank you uh, for sharing and, and um, uh, wish you all the best. Um, so we have just a few minutes left. Did you ever think when you wrote this book, it's been nearly 25 years, you'd still oh be talking gosh. about this? A quarter century later, we'd still be talking about this? No, I thought it would take a year, maybe two, and these drugs would be off the market. I had no idea the kind of money I was fighting. <laughs> I was just naive. I thought everybody cared about everybody else, and surely they'd want to do the right thing. So it's been a real wake-up call for me. <laughs> That's true. I mean, we're, we're probably talking about, what, hundreds of billions of dollars. Yeah. At stake here. It's a lot of money. I just, I know, I just couldn't conceive that there were people out there that didn't care about others enough to make sure that nothing terrible like this could happen to someone. <sighs> There's gotta be a, a whistleblower on the inside. Like, uh, who was the... Uh, there uh, already has been. The doctor who bought the approval for Prozac came forward. All of his information is on our website mm. as well. He talks about the bribe. I did the first show with him that he did here in America, and I asked him point blank how much he paid the doctor to get the approval. They got it in Sweden because Sweden has very strict laws on drug approval, and they knew if they got it in Sweden, the other countries would look the other way and say, sure, go ahead, that one's all right. 
And so, that, so that's what they did. They told him to get the approval any way he could, and he said money, and they said, sure, go for anything. So he's kind of the Jeff, was it Jeffrey Wigand who was the, uh, the whistleblower in the tobacco companies? Um, I don't remember, but I know whenever the insider came out, everybody said, you gotta watch that, it's like your life history. <laughs> that's right, right. Exactly, except with Jeffrey Wigand. I wasn't inside like this doctor was. But, but we know how, you know, the, uh, the Jeffrey Wigand sort of testimony ended, and that is, you know, they ended up hauling all those tobacco CEOs in, on, in front of, uh, on, on right. Capitol Hill, and, and, uh. Um, and the same thing should happen with this. Exactly. Do you, th- do you have any hope in, in heck that it's going At to At least happen? tobacco didn't cause you to kill a whole bunch of people before right. you died. That's right. Well, and well, I, I guess in a way, secondhand smoke, but not such violence. No, my gosh, we have to people. We have to wake up and start at least looking at this seriously. Uh, oh, I know. It scares me to know what I know about these drugs. Scares me to death. And Blake Tracy again. The website is drugawareness.org. And um, keep doing what you're doing, Anne. That's all we can ask. Okay, I will as long as I can. I never dreamed I'd have to do it this long. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. All right, thank you. Ian Robertson, Albert Frenzel, my thanks to you. Back next week with a brand new program. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night.